Hey y'all, it's Keith, your co-host, doing an intro for the first time in quite some time. I'm excited. Um, and of course, this is the More In Common podcast. It's a place where we explore the fact that we have more in common than that which divides us by anchoring humanity and compassionate conversation. Now, of course, I have to remind you, you can find everything about our show at moreincommonpod.com. You can find our episodes. You can even check out our awesome, awesome merchandise. Um, we have some old blogs. We're going to be reigniting those again soon. Um, and if you love what you hear, it's really important to the show and promoting the message and the mission. Share it. Comment in, in your favorite podcast app. Send us some feedback so we can continue to grow and get better. Now, this particular episode is an extra bonus episode off the tail of last week. Super excited to bring it to you, right? This episode in particular is going to be our last episode of season two, which was dubbed Discovery, in our 2020 series dubbed A Decade Possible. Now, we're going to start up season three next week, which is going to be um, a whole new theme with a whole new set of guests. But as we wrap season two, we're actually going to bring to you an episode of the Data Binge podcast. It's our buddy Derek Russell who hosts it, had us on his format just a couple of weeks ago. So we're, we're going to cross-promote and let you get to know us a little bit more via this conversation as it was an awesome conversation where we get into you know managing anxiety, especially in the professional space, managing mental health, which is a common topic for us to begin with. Um, just you know how, how we keep going, how we get up in the morning, uh, you know, all kinds of topics, what it is that More in Common is doing beyond just this podcast. Um, so we're super excited to bring that to you. Now, just as a quick intro, so you can check it out um, outside of this episode, the Data Binge podcast really is a library of discussions with technologists and business leaders focusing on the human relationship with technology. Derek is a data and AI specialist at Microsoft, how we know each other, and an evangelist of how diverse and inclusive data-driven cultures can create great, greater good across organizations, communities, and individuals. His podcast focuses on highlighting the relationship of humans and tech and the consciousness which truly separates us as living beings from the always connected and wired world of machines. Our daily struggles, our mental health, our emotional freedom, and all these things that we can control and that will play a part in how we successfully co-evolve with technology. The human element in this world of technology is the richest component in any past, present, or future tech. So Derek does these live on LinkedIn, YouTube, and Facebook. So you can join, you can engage, you can ask his guests questions which is super awesome format. And of course, we've already recorded this one. So you can send us all the questions you want and we'll be sure to try to get back to you as quickly as possible. So enjoy this episode. Super excited to bring it to you. And we'll put all the ways you can find Derek and the Data Binge podcast in our show notes. So check it out. Before we get into it, I just want to talk about audible.com because I love it. I do audiobooks all the time when I'm driving around LA. It's how I love to, it's, it's my preferred way to get books in, frankly. Specifically, I want to talk to you about Neil Gaiman's The Sandman. It's coming to Audible July 15th. Now, I've put off reading this graphic novel and the series of novels because, well, I just got a lot going on, but I'm going to get it. It's in my pre-order list right now. Uh, you should think about it. If you've never used Audible, you get a free book and you can go to our website and click the link 
and use that to get your free book. We do get a little on the back end, and we appreciate you for the support. So, Neil Gaiman, I would also say Norse Mythology, really good book. The Audible book is actually read by Neil himself. I really appreciate how he puts his personality into the writing. A little bit funny, uh, some new stories or or twists, new twists on stories uh, from the Norse world that my fantasy nerd self likes. Gentlemen, how you doing? Good morning. Good morning. How are you, my man? I'm doing well. Welcome to this live production of the Data Binge podcast. Thanks for joining. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us, man. Yeah. Thank you. Very excited. Fired up. Yeah. Yeah, this is great. We got everything working. We got everything going. Uh, So I wanted to start off the session today just because you guys are very special guests with a quote. (laughs) And wanted to talk about what you guys think about this quote. Because I, I think about you two gentlemen when I think about this. Hmm. Life is a fight for territory. Once you stop fighting for what you want, what you don't want will automatically take over. That was from hmm. Les Brown. Can you read that one more time for me? Life is a fight for territory. Once you stop fighting for what you want, what you don't want will automatically takeover mm. what are you guys' thoughts about that yeah I'll, I, I'll go um yeah like there, there's this thing uh there's been a lot of different processes going on in my life and there's been this thing of just accepting what is and like accepting who i am and accepting and and along with that has come this this opening of opportunity it's wild and the only other thing it made me think of is um, we get to keep what we, we get to keep what we fight for. So like when we say things like I'm bad at remembering names, like you're owning that, you're keeping it. Um, but th- that's what came to my head. What, what about you, Keith? Um, I it I love my daughter is what's coming to my mind as she steps in right as we get started into into my office to say hi hi my love i'm, I'm on a i'm on a call right now okay yeah i'm working you, you go eat lunch okay you you could bring um, her in for a quick i see the, yeah. i see some you, you, you want to come quick. say hi you want to come say hi well you're saying hi can you please not go through my stuff in, um, in 20 years you're going to see this on youtube oh uh, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah I love you. Enjoy your lunch. Okay. <laughs> she said, enjoy. Um, uh, so I apologize as I, as I missed Rodney's um, answer there. But the thing that when I hear that quote, first of all, thank you for thinking that it applies to us. Um, I think about my life. Um, and I think about that fight for territory as the territory that you want, in essence, the entire world isn't a competition other than it being a competition with yourself. Like what territory do you want? And if you don't go after it, then whatever territory you're in or whatever space you just kind of stumble upon is going to be where you are, whether that's what you want or don't want, it's just going to take hold of you because you have to be somewhere. You're going to live in some space somewhere. 
And I feel like that's been up to this journey when, you know, my oldest was born, you know, we kind of kind of fall into the things that are rather than going after the things that you want. And um, yeah, that's what I think of when, when I, and I just feel like we're in a better space where we're finally going after the thing that we want to get after. So why do you think of that when you you, uh, read that? Well, because in in the the you know the t- the title of today's discussion, it's anchoring humanity in compassionate conversation, and just doing some study on you gentlemen, and I'll let you get into your podcast. I'll let you get into your mission, your company. Keith can talk with his daughter a little bit more. <laughs> a little bit more. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. This is the COVID world, people. This is the COVID world. Children, mine is probably going to have a vanilla yogurt pouch. That's right. Okay, I love you. Yeah. No, you you go bring it to Jen, okay? So yeah, sorry, it, folks. Yeah, you're, you're good. You're good. No, just <laughs> okay. it, it, we're just thinking about this this discussion. You like, you guys have gotten to the space where you help people have better conversations, and that's really <laughs> tough. So. Can you talk about what you guys are doing with your podcast? Can you talk about what you're doing with your mission? A little bit about how this came together. Um, so we can talk about territory. So the mission, uh, look at that. I mean, hi, hi, Adeline. Uh, the mission, you, you just, that's the title, Anchoring Humanity and Compassionate Conversation. That's the mission. Uh, hi, hi. I can't have a you know where this comes from. I I can't really talk about where we are with it right now without talking about where we come from. And really, this whole thing came about because of Mickey's friendship over the last eighteen years. And uh, we met in college. Very quickly, we started to have conversations that. I mean, we, we got into very sensitive topics um, that you typically you may not have in general with a friend. Um, definitely, we're going to have somebody who's not quite a friend yet. But we were getting into gay marriage, gay rights, uh, religion, politics. Uh, I mean, we got into everything. This would be at the gym. We'd be at the gym at Purdue, working out, throwing the weights around, and just having these heavy conversations. And it kind of has to do with our personalities. We're not real big on small talk. Like, that's our small talk. It's like, what do you think about politics today? And um, fast forward, we realized that we've created this space for each other to be who we are in our friendship. Sans judgment, or mostly sans judgment. I mean, there's some. Uh, but it's just it's just a free space to be who we are. And we're like, man. I think I said I said to Keith, like, let's start a podcast. And his response was, what's a podcast? But then he said, yes, like, yeah, it would be dope if other people could have a conversation. We had a conversation about Kaepernick kneeling in which we disagreed at at first. And but we we talked through it for a week or two weeks. We had a really good conversation. We're like, man, what, what would the world be like if everybody could just have these conversations and hold space for the person or people that they're talking to, to be who they are and to believe what they believe. And for us to also believe that they're human and they're deserving of just, just like the basics of respect and and humanity. Like, what would that do to conversation? What would that do to where we're trying to go as a species? 
Um, but yeah, that's that's my answer. Keith, I, I gave a little bit of the background uh, from college and some of our conversations the last 18 years and touched on the Kaepernick thing. But like, what would you add to like what our journey is and where we, actually right now, like where we are right now with the podcast and where we're going from here? So, so I think I, since we're live, I want to use the like what just happened, right? Like the the way Rodney and Derek like you're just like hey let her in like giving that kind of space is not easy for people right like we're trying to accomplish something we're trying to do something we're trying to be in a place of of doing a live for the value of a brand and at the end of the day like life is life right we all have these experiences that bring us to a place that that in any given moment we should respect in one another right like you guys have given me the space to do this and what's funny about our friendship and i think this is what i would add to the backstory rodney and i i don't when we first became friends like we didn't just set out to have hard conversations about stuff right we just did and the first hard conversation we have is about gay marriage and we like we were on different sides of this argument right and it wasn't vehement but we were on different sides it wasn't vehement but we were on different sides of this argument and which might be you know, it might be germane to get into like yeah, where we i mean were we on certainly it. can yeah. yeah um because you know it's it's so we're on different sides and over time like we we didn't hate each other we didn't like judge each other we just kept having the conversation and years went by where we're suddenly in a common place about it. Now we both, you know, think positively about it. But at the end of the day, it was never, it was always rooted in respect for one another because of the person that we are, not the thoughts that we, that we hold in any given moment in time. And what we've started to do is really think back upon that through many different conversations like that, like Rodney said, Kaepernick in particular, and dissect it. Like, what is it that we're doing that suddenly in 2020 seems to be hard for a lot of people? And what is it that we've been able to do and continue to do? And that's really kind of where we can, where we are today is having dissected that in a way that allows us to not just demonstrate it, like through the podcast, but talk about some of the things that we think are relevant to creating that space. And we, we and my, my anxiety is a little high, so I apologize. Like it got me a little, <laughs> a little, little, you know, a little uh, flustered um, when she barged in. And, you know, it's one of those parenting things. Like I don't want to yell at her or be mad at her. I just, I got to give her that space too. So I'm a little, I'm trying to come back from that. So give me, I can, give me a minute. I can, I can do an entire podcast on anxiety <laughs> and, all, and all i would do is just do a podcast and, and just do this yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> i just record my day right i just record my day yeah. may may is mental health month so we you know we might as well talk about it i mean because it's part of our journey um yeah. this this covid world has thrust us all into a place where i don't i don't know if you guys can't see it there's a crib in my office right now because this yeah. has become my youngest daughter's like we we co we cohabitate this office, and 
my oldest is in here a lot in and out during calls i'm pretty sure she'll come in before she heads out in a, in a little bit um that was really hard for me like it, perception expectation being formal like all of these things that i have in my head and now i've come to the point where i like i relish it i love it i love it when she jumps in on a call and says hi uh i'm gonna miss it when she's not doing it but yeah the anxiety of the moment i could and i i could feel keith because i know him well enough to know mm. he was having it there that's why i stepped i was trying to talk over it because i know i know that's there but like how does it show up for you two yeah i mean i i would I, for me like just taking that moment like my heart races it's all that my anxiety for this moment is in particular towards your brand right derek like this is your show this is your platform and i want to be respectful to that um whereas if it were our show i'd be like yeah let's let's make this happen and let's go right so um but yeah it's it's definitely a lot of historical expectations of behavior that aren't necessarily aligned to how I want to live my life. And I'm starting to come to that same place um, is just embracing it and just, you know, making it happen versus fighting it. And, uh, you know, I don't know about you, Derek, you, you could record your life, say, and it'd be titled anxiety in action. <laughs> so we got some folks that are actually uh, coming in on the live uh, LinkedIn. Um, we got a good morning, gentlemen. I love catching this live from Kirby Repco. What a great way to start the day. We got some comments about your shirt, Rodney. Great shirt. Um, and then uh, Phil Wilhelm, he's a GM at SMB Sales at Fortinet, uh, Fortinet. He said, depression typically comes from thinking about the past too much. Anxiety typically comes from yeah. thinking about the future too much. Um, yeah, which I think I, yeah, absolutely. For me, it's I have this expectation. I have this character. And just getting deep, the character is called the wolf. And I've, I've discussed this character with different coaches and my wife and others. And this wolf character is constantly asking above and beyond type of objectives from me. And if I can't meet everything perfectly to the best of my ability, there is no other, there is no other characters that exist or competition it's the competition is so fierce within myself within this character that there's constant anxiety from not meeting that and we could probably go deeper into how I was raised and um you know not, not having my dad around growing up but that's just reality and it what it does is it brings me closer having so much of that brings me closer to it's like this social IQ spider sense that goes off when I feel that others have it too so part of my job as a salesperson and just to hopefully as a leader at some point in these different areas is to just recognize when people are feeling that and do whatever I can to just step away from it or make it better in some way. That's, that's kind of my thoughts on the topic. Do you, and so well, I'm I'll just say real quick, Keith, uh, you, Derek, you're absolutely a leader. Like in, in all this that you're doing, you know, from a, from a business aspect and like you, you 100% are a leader right now. Like, I I look to your podcast. I look to what you're doing and LinkedIn. Um, the conversations that we have are weeklies or or whenever we can get them. Like every time I walk away with something new and energy, and like that's a leader. Like I I think we're all leaders when we decide, well, whether or not we decide to be leaders, because because people are looking at us, and it's you know if we take that and we own it or or just live who we are fully whether or not we call ourselves a leader, 
um, that's going to have an impact on people. And you have an impact on people. So I just want to call that out because you have an impact on me. So I count as people. Likewise. Yeah. <laughs> you thank are you. people. Yeah. You are one people. I'm curious. So you saying that about the wolf reminds me of uh, something Matthew McConaughey said. What a, what a person to quote inspirationally, right? Um, yep. But he, he talks about when he was uh, 15, he was asked a question like, who's your hero? And he comes back with the answer, my hero is me in 10 years. And then at 25, he was asked again, are you your hero now? And he said, no, I'm me at 35 in another 10 years. Like his hero is the person he's always striving to be. So I'm curious, like, is the wolf that or is the wolf a misalignment to, to like who you are on a day-to-day -day basis? And it's just an un, I'm a, un, unattainable goal that uh that gives you the anxiety that you feel all the time I, I think it's that i think it's like the moving goal post and maybe it's like the my i don't it maybe it's not the self in the 10 the, the, the decade the two decades it's like this moving goal post and like it's fun but it's also fun it's fun okay. to be clammy and sweaty right now it's fun to be worried you know what i mean the, yeah. it's fun to be have anxiety <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, it's, it's. I like it because it's pressure. It's like, it's, mm. it's dynamic. It's changing. Like peace is really great too. I think there's good times for peace. My wife is the most peaceful person on the planet. <laughs> so mm. like, we go along it's really well. Yeah. It's a good balance. But like, how do you, how do you act and achieve in that moment of like sheer pressure and fear? You know what I mean? And if you can pull it off, which we usually do, people survive they wake up the next day like that that journey is like amazing mm. which is crazy this <laughs> you know this what i mean so it, i think it goes back to that initial les brown quote which you might have to read again but or like because you, you alluded to past a little bit and i think so mm -hmm. much of our expectations of ourselves come from culture and family and society and like things that we think we should be that we maybe don't even believe wholeheartedly ourselves. And when you strip all that away, when you strip away the things you should own or should be, should, the tyranny of should, mm. you can get to who you are. And I, that Matthew McConaughey quote, I love, and I, I this week, it's funny you bring it up, Keith, that, that quote, I was listening to it, and I realized that my hero is me right now and me in 10 years. Like I am who I am supposed to be and I love that and I love me for it and man, I can get better and I can do better and I'm going to keep striving for yeah. it. Yeah. How did, how did you, uh, sorry, Derek, I don't mean to put this back to you. I'm fascinated by this since we're talking Go about ahead. mental health and mental health month. How did you get to the place of embracing your anxiety to drive you versus it? doing what it does to so many of us including myself at times just knocking you on the floor and just saying i'm going to avoid it and walk away so i i have to attribute attribute that to my wife and we met when i was 28 or so and i was you know living the 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 solo bachelor life kind of pursuing and consuming and just living within the ego and just not taking care of myself um mm. and and uh she told me to read the power of now she told me to go to therapy um i did all those different things 
And now those are part, those are like tool sets of mine. So I, I typically always see a psychologist at some point um, and bring that person, that coach, items, growth items that I really want to work at. Like I bring a plan and I want, and I have a vision for where I want to get. And in, in, in those like very careful planning sessions and like very self introspective type of discussions with myself, I know like that goalpost, right? Like that mm -hmm. goalpost, I want, it's moving constantly. Like, like how do I reach happiness? Well, I know that happiness doesn't exist. All it exists is the pursuit of your values at that moment. And those values change all the time. Those aren't things mm -hmm. that I just conjured. I, I learned that from mentors and coaches. So like, I think with that moving goalpost, if people think of it that way, you're never going to reach the present moment. You're never going to be able to like, I'll med I meditated this morning. I was thinking about this podcast for nine minutes of that 10 minute meditation. <laughs> <laughs> but, and I was okay. I was okay yeah. with getting crushed. <laughs> you know what I mean? By my mind. Yeah. So it's like also that like okayness. So it's this crazy harmony. And like, you know, I would like to understand what you guys think of that. I mean, it, you, you guys have interviewed like 77 people on your podcast. Like you've had to learn. I, I can't imagine how much you've learned from all that. But what are you guys thinking there? Like, what are your thoughts? Uh, it's an interesting quote about happiness. I think in that definition, happiness becomes the present moment. And being like being in it and seeing that you're not in it. So meditating and then seeing that you're thinking about this thing that's in the future, but recognizing it and not judging it. Like to me, for my life, that's happiness. Like if I can, that's it. That's happiness. Um, may, all, you just mentioned some amazing things. Eckhart Tolle, Power Now. Uh, man, that, that was a game changer. One of our guests, Nabi Fofana. Uh, Olympic sprinter gave us that. Um, like, I don't know. That Those are my initial thoughts. What do you think, Keith? Yeah, I, I think that lack of judgment in the moment, because our mind definitely can take us in many different directions in any given second, right? And to, to have a peaceful mind is an incredibly time-consuming effort, right? Yes. Um, and, like, being able to, to move forward that lack of judgment that you do, I think actually anchors you in the present. You're thinking about this thing for nine minutes of your 10 minutes, but you're at peace with it. Like, I think that exemplifies a level of happiness that is, it's, it's acceptance. It's, it's, this is my moment. This is where I am. And this is what I'm doing. Even if I'm thinking about the future, I'm good with it. That, that to me, like, speaks volumes about your ability to drive forward and keep going. Cause one thing that's been really hard for me, um, and I'm, I know for Rodney, cause we talk about it all the time is anchoring on the journey, right? Anchoring on the process. Um, we have goals, had a lot of goals in my life. And a lot of times when you set a goal 10 years from now, it, it's, it becomes impossible to achieve if you're only focused on the goal, right? If I only say, oh, this is what I want in 10 years and then do nothing to achieve that goal, that 10 years is going to come and go and the goal will just be a dream. Um, and I've done that a lot in my past, especially in my adolescence, my teenage years and early adulthood. Um, 
that has changed significantly in my life in the appreciation of the wake up, the nine minutes of 10, thinking about the next thing that you're doing in a meditation, the, the therapy session that I had this past Monday, the two days up, like each step, like we just recorded a hundred daily chronicles. We can talk about what that is, but like that is a LinkedIn video series that we set out to do for a variety of reasons. And Rodney and I just talked about this yesterday. Like at the end of the day, all it really is, aside from its content, is us just showing up for ourselves each and every day to keep moving one step forward. And, um, you know, I, I think, uh, I think that's when, when you talk about that, that's, that's what I think about with happiness. It's the embracing, embracing of the process. One thing I know there, just to directly answer your question about what we've learned from guests, a, that's an amazing mm. question. And I think we should write a book about it. Uh, cause what we've learned Which is, is probably what we'll do of what we've learned. Uh, the podcast more in common, like it's, I, I've always referred to it as a, and we have referred to it as a social experiment to prove the hypothesis that we have more in common than that which divides us. And so what we're learning is what the, what are the commonalities? And the thing, interesting, so we're in mental health month, we're talking about anxiety and depression. The thing that is the most common out of all the conversations we've had has been conversations about mental health. And more frankly, it's been about mental illness being out of balance um with with mental health but that's something that all humans face on some level some degree and it's i think it's a gateway for or it, it what it's time i think it can be a gateway towards compassion or empathy and, and it depends how you internalize those two words uh, for me it's compassion i think it can be a gateway to saying man like I don't know what happened to you when you woke up this morning or on your way to work or with your family or whatever it is that caused you to react the way that you reacted, but it probably doesn't actually have to do with me. It probably has to do with who knows what in your life. And I can give you a little bit of grace in most, in like 90% of circumstances. There are things that are unacceptable, but for me, it's a, it's an entry point into compassion. And that's like one of the biggest things I've gotten out of this because coming into it, like, therapy and talking like I've learned so like anorexia and uh, bipolar I've, I've learned so much from our guests about what these are and what it means to live in these in these spaces that I myself don't live in and have never known anybody that's talked about it so it's just it's just been um, super enlightening for me and, and I'm curious and I and thank you for that I really respect like doing a hundred YouTube videos. I mean, I, I, and one of the reasons I wanted to have you gentlemen on the podcast is and, and another reason I read that quote is because it's obvious that there is a terror in it, within both of you, there's some territory and you're consi consistently and constantly showing up to claim that territory on a daily basis. You guys are putting out a lot of, a lot of material. I know you're working super late. The amount, and, and we'll get into what the building a brand looks like and building a podcast. I certainly know what that looks like. That's there's, there's a lot of respect coming into that. Um, I'm interested in understanding 
like through like through this process like what what is, what is the key differentiator between someone who's able to move forward and do something like this and someone who's not and like what is the self-talk that exists I, there i thought about this a lot and I've, i mean i've heard varying quotes varying people talk about the the idea that success or achieving whatever it is you set out to achieve define success and what it is for yourself and that is what it is for yourself it's not what it is for me and you define that and you set that out that attitude that um behavior it's not it's not anointed upon you right it is not given to us it is not um biologically ingrained into who we are um there are different obstacles for different people based on life experience and biology and all those things but the number one thing is just showing up like no matter what you cannot replace just showing up yeah and you you can't you can't think about it and it happen like you just got to show up and it could be the worst product in the world and no one could watch it but to the quote about claiming the territory, it's not the competition with others and there's this, there's this zero sum game in life, right? Like your territory, your space and the things that you wanna do, whether it's a hobby, whether it's a passion project or whether it is your fundamental alignment, your ikigai, the thing that you get paid for, the thing that you love, the thing that you're capable of and ultimately deliver into the world, like none of it, works unless you just show up and that is just a lesson i've learned through this process that it doesn't matter what i've thought about it or how good it is or how bad it's been because we've had some certain moments we just keep showing up and you know it's just and the more i think you and rodney have talked about this and created that circular argument about what is it momentum creates motivation uh, creates action right like yeah. it's not just rodney you know just sitting back and waiting for the motivation to strike you so you act is you know it's just sometimes you just got to show up and all of a sudden you're motivated and you're acting and you know things things just just do right yeah everything takes care of itself from there we could talk about that that's a good point i i don't know if it's before just showing up or right along with it i think they're probably parallel is belief like having mm. a belief in yourself and in the thing so that when you do episode 75 and you're like man i don't have any followers or any likes because it's not really about those like it is yeah. it is about it is about showing up like for me that's success and but you got to have a belief because it'll there will be days where you're like why am i doing this like mm. that's you talk about self-talk like why am I doing this? Nobody cares. Well, I care. And like I and, and I'm very aligned with the reason that I'm doing it, the reasons that I'm doing it. So it doesn't matter if anybody else cares. I'm gonna keep showing up. And along with that, there's this ownership, so territory of the idea of the thing or the things, but it's not possessive. It's 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 to a point where it's like when somebody does see it, if they give feedback, it's like being able to take that and augment, it's like, okay, I want this to be 
who is it? Uh, Reed Hoffman, CEO of uh, LinkedIn or founder of LinkedIn. He's got a great podcast um, that I can't remember the name of. That's how great it is. No, I'm playing. It is really good. Uh, <laughs> a good podcast. Though. It is good. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll put it in the show notes for, for folks. It's about startups. But he, he talks about your first product, whatever it is. He's like, if you're not embarrassed, you're moving too slow. And I kind of agree with that. Like, just go and iterate. And if you if you believe in it enough and you keep showing up, eventually somebody's going to give you some advice or you're going to watch a YouTube video or you're going to learn about lighting. You're going to learn about how to write better. You're going to you're going to want it to be better. And you're going to and this is where I talk about the possessive thing, because like sometimes if it's yours and somebody makes a comment, it's hard to hear it because it's like it's like ah but this is my baby and it's like well but i want my baby to be amazing i want this thing to be i want it to be consumed that's not it's it's weird because you got these competing things like showing up as a success but i do want it to be consumed i want it to be Results out there do matter yeah yes and yeah so it's it's yeah a lot of that done stuff. is better than perfect right mm. oh boy um perfectionism so you talk about uh uh self-talk your boy here has got a, a man. Perfectionism. They say fear is the mind killer. Or if you're a Dune fan, sci-fi, like fear is the mind killer. Nah, perfectionism is the mind killer. Like, good God, there's so many things I never got off the couch and did that I had like wonderful ideas on because I gotta have it all ticked and tied, every single I, every single yeah. T. Uh, it, and I say, like, nah, man, you really need like thirty percent. Like, go, just go. Just do it. We um to to the point of that, like consistency draws in assistance, whether it's one person to what Rodney was saying, and you know, we're building out this consulting practice um to bring the the approach that that we try to deliver from anchoring humanity and compassionate conversation through through some of the tools and techniques that we've we've dissected in what we do and what we've learned um through study. And suddenly we are talking to some folks who have influence and impact um, that could bring us into a space where now we're starting to see the financial component of our efforts, right? And starting to deliver on that. Not because we have this great idea, right? And that we have passion around that idea that we've been talking about for three years and haven't done anything for. It's because we have this idea, we have passion around the idea, and we've shown up every single day for three and a half years in some capacity. And we've shown that, hey, we're not just we're not just thinking about it. Like so showing up, it's good for you, it's good for the soul, it's good for the outcome. And it's also it draws in it draws in um, people to help you along the way because we definitely don't do it alone. What's that look like for you, I, Derek? Yeah. Like what's the self talk? What's the win for you um so the, there's a lot of self-talk <laughs> um so uh, before we go there kirby um he's he's making some con uh, some uh, some contributions here he's he's saying what separates you kirby repco is a, a, a solution architect at microsoft that worked closely with great guy he's got almost My 1500 man, yeah. followers on his youtube channel i think it's called sql right. talks so a little little shout out to Kirby. He he's just an amazing person. So the fact that he's contributing live to this is it's, it's very special. Um, he's saying what separates you three is you are actually doing versus just talking about doing. You just get better doing. 
And he's also like looking at this live broadcast is a great example. I have no idea how you guys are producing this three camera feed. Amazing. <laughs> so he's a camera guy. <laughs> Kirby, I'll tell you right now the self-talk, my light turned off probably because I have a crappy light that I bought for super cheap. Turned off while you guys were talking. The self-talk was you suck. Why didn't you buy a better light? Why can't you pay attention to what's going on right now? Don't screw it up. You're live. You really suck. Oh my God. Like, why are you even doing this mm. too? You know what? It's cool mm. if you suck. It's not that bad. Mm. You suck. Oh, Roddy's point mm. is good. Okay. We're getting back. So it's super yeah. cyclical. That's kind of what the self-talk looks, <laughs> looks like for me. But at the end of the day, I love Gary V. I love people who talk about doing, um, yeah. I, I'm in this phase right now where it's like doing people who are doing right now, instead of thinking are just accomplishing tasks. You know, I have people that I work with that are just constantly doing like, what can I do in this time? Um, I, I brought on Matt Hoffman, uh, uh, Matt, uh, Homan, uh, from the, uh, he has a business in uh, St. Louis and he talks about, um, how to have an efficient meeting and what that looks like and how meetings aren't constructed to get to objectives they are just a means to an end. And like, that's how a lot of people live their lives. I think they're just, they're just coming to this thing and expecting things to happen. You really have to have a vision. You have to execute against that vision. You have to continuously tell yourself, I think good things and bad things across that journey. But like at the end of the day, just do it. Just put it out. Just press record. Just get on this thing. Just let your light fail. Just let your daughter come in. Yeah. You know, there's there's a, just let well, it. I um. There's a quote ahead, I heard, quote, right? I heard from yeah. Renee Brown, in I think Dare to Lead, and it's about the man. It's the man in the arena. It's Teddy Roosevelt. I just want to read the first part of it because what you just said about people doing, and I and I I believe that. Um, and there, I, I listen to people not doing as well, but it, there's a there's a different size grain of salt added to the to how how i ingest it but the man in the arena um it's not the critic who counts not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better the credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood who strives valiantly valiantly who errs who comes short again and again and then there's more. There's a lot of really good. I mean, it's a long, really good quote. But like, I heard that. There's, and I was like, there's yeah. this. There's this. Um, so like from personal, I, I I shared the doing like previously, primarily because the majority of my life, like I'm I'm be 38 in a month, and much of my life, and in a very very real way, has been thinking about the thing I want, and not doing anything for it and um experiencing the polarity between um a life you want without action and a life you want with action and what i'm coming to especially in this space is that the doing component like you said derek doesn't have to be perfect we have the tendency i know i have the tendency to want to, as Rodney said, just figure out how it's perfect. How does everybody do it? How is it done naturally? Like, what are all the ways that you're supposed to do it? And what I'm coming to grips with is that, like, the formula of life is not 
predetermined, right? We all have a measuring cup that may use different forms of measure and we may get the same results doing it in a different way. So when you, when you do it, you're, you're finding a way to do it with your own um, flavor that aligns to who you are through those mistakes and the learnings from others on how they've done it better. And maybe how I don't care how they did it better, it doesn't align to who I am. And you, you, the only way you understand that after however many years of doing is by getting up and going. Yeah. And, and while, while I was appreciating your comment, Rodney, you brought in, I think you brought in one of your little girls, the, the eldest, to come and yeah, say hi. She's yeah. pretty, it's pretty cute. Good thing I'm looking right at the camera. Uh, otherwise, I'd be like, you know, smiling and waving and, and talking like a baby while Keith is dropping hot knowledge. Um, <laughs> so, right. I wasn't looking at you anyway, Derek, so I wouldn't have known. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, so John Rockwell, someone I've worked with in the past came in and said, impressive lack of quarantine beards, gentlemen. I <laughs> this morning. Yeah. Funny thing is though, like facial hair is not my friend. It doesn't grow very well. And, and I probably shave once a week. So, you know, I figured I'd clean up for this one. Yeah, when, but thank when you. I, I'm growing my pharaoh goatee. Uh, it's getting pretty out of hand, but uh, I don't. I if I could, I would. I just can't. I can't do the. It doesn't grow. Yeah. Yeah. The, the the best part about me growing out a beard is I cross the line of like five different racial, um, like <laughs> like pre, like Sorry, prejudices. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm get I'm getting stopped by police. I'm getting stopped by you know immigration. <laughs> TSA, <laughs> like I'm getting hit by Mom. everybody. <laughs> yeah, everyone's hitting me up. You know what I mean? So That's I don't do, don't do the beard. Um, so we, I know we got 15 minutes later so or left or so. I'd love to tie this into company culture. Um, mm -hmm. what, how you guys are you guys are talking about like culture? I know last year, um, Stacy Albert, she's a uh, an account executive at Microsoft. She was the, the, the diversity and inclusion lead for the Southwest. She put on a lunch, in a, the, I, and I couldn't find the exact invite, but you guys were brought in. You delivered an, an amazing um, show uh, or talk. I don't know what you want to call it, engagement, um, based upon understanding your biases. And I'd love to understand, we're having this really great conversation, and honestly, you guys are professional conversationalists because you're, you're just making – I'm so comfortable right now. It's, 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 it's crazy, and I do this quite often. So you guys are good at this. Thank you. What does it look like in the enterprise space? What are mm -hmm. what are the challenges and what can people do to start having these types of discussions, being okay with having your daughter come in on a live feed and you know, the self-taught, all the different things we're talking about, like how does that come into company culture? First up, big ups to Stacey Albert. She was actually my, my manager for a little while. Great people. Uh, also, I have to say this before we we go off the air. Derek, you just had your 40th podcast episode, I think. I did. Number 40. This yeah, is number congrats. 42. It will be. Yeah. Congratulations. Well, congrats, man. Because like, that's no small thing. Yeah. The, the average podcast is around six episodes. That it whole was. show. I don't know thing. if it still is, but it definitely is close to it. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe it's maybe it's 13. But who knows? But anyway, big, good pretty, on you. Yeah. Good on you. And congrats. Thank you. For um, that. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Seriously. So, 
one of the things, so if we were, if we're, if we're writing the book for what our guests have taught us, uh, so the, the, the conversations that we've had with them has informed us on who we are. It has informed us on how people interact and commonalities, and it has turned into this cor corporate culture consulting. And essentially, we have broken down a, a methodology on where people can start to engage to create a space like this. Like the thing that we do is we create a space where people, people feel safe. They feel comfortable. And people talk about the safe space all the time, but they don't, I don't know that, well, what we've done has is to define that space and, and give tools on how to build that space. And then from there you go start working on the culture and you start doing the hard work. Uh, I don't know what you want to add. Yeah. Um, so I would say workshop where we've, we've actually modified the content to be more workshoppy. Um, if that's a word, Rodney, Rod, I I've been given feedback in the past, um, to not use this analogy, but I'm going to use it anyway, because we're on the data binge and I'm allowed to in front of a data binge, uh, the, um, audience. In, in the in the, the the realm of of quantum physics I knew right it. The, I knew it. yeah there's this thing that you know physicists have been searching for and they finally discovered it um, is the Higgs boson right and the Higgs boson is essentially a particle that gives the the physical uh, matter that we all feel and touch like without the Higgs nothing would exist right and that's how I think about our approach and what we're trying to do, right? There are amazing um, organizations out there that will strategize on a, corp a corporate culture strategy. There are amazing organizations out there that'll help you to teach, to teach you to listen better or different ways to communicate or different ways to ask questions. Um, what we have found is that there isn't a lot of space that exists that says, how do we find that baseline that just gets people to engage with a proper set of expectations and understanding, not of what you're going to say or how you're going to say it, but just that it, it is there to be said and it is there to be asked. So we've put together the more approach, which is four core principles of creating a space that's meeting people where they are open to listen more, removing intent and embracing curiosity at the same time looking to what we're, we're expanding that we've started expanding that into this space of what is culture right at a company there there's intentional culture and then there's culture culture lives no matter whether you set out for it or not and there's this thing that has happened in the past um, we're all microsoft employees so i'm going to talk about google for a second <laughs> when google first started Right. Yeah. When Google first started, like people, you talked about the culture. So when you showed up, you were trying to find how you can participate in the culture that exists. There are very few organizations that in, in whole keep set that and keep that going. Oftentimes it's, this is what we believe, but then you're kind of just taking part and it modifies and molds based on the people because no one really understands what it is that we should be doing to live the culture that leadership wants to do. So we're trying to help define what that is, 
working on a lot of depth around values and, and fundamental activities that, that actually assign to those values. So people, when they show up, they know how to live the desired culture that you're setting out for as an organization. And to one of your points, Derek, like, uh, how does it play out in the enterprise corporate world? Like, how does it play out at a Microsoft? Um, we, like, we're, because of the space, like, we're really good. And we actually relish in being in super uncomfortable conversations talking about Trump and Hillary, talking about, I mean, we've talked, we've gotten into so many things on the podcast, but we, we bring a lot of those into the corporate space, which is for us even was, you know, talk about self-talk, like, like oh, we can't do that. We can't talk about Trump. We yeah. can't talk about Hillary in, 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 at, a, at, a, at our workplace, let alone a workplace. But it turns out that important conversations are important conversations. And ignoring them at work and ignoring how to deal with them at work doesn't make them go away to keith's point culture happens like whether whether you are a founder and you've got your core team and you're building your culture intentionally or you're just banging it out to get deals and go get series a and series b and it's everything for the dollar and you're not thinking about culture culture is happening and when you when you then have a thousand employees or 500 employees or hundred thousand employees that culture has just grown and grown and it, it lives and so whether so what we do is we come in and we address it for that that group that's like oh crap it's gotten out of hand which is usually after some kind of incident you know some hr incident or a media incident um or if somebody's like you know i want to be intentional about this up at front up up at the front like i'm building something and i want to have my culture be meaningful then then i will do that and Part of our inspiration, back to Reed Hoffman and his wonderful Masters of Scale. That's the podcast. Yes, that's the podcast. Yeah. Nailed it. Yeah. Uh, he he talks. There's a great episode about the Netflix culture deck, and they have very concretely okay. defined their culture. It opens with with um, the bull that was in front of Bear Stearns that had all these platitudes and val loyalty, uh, integrity, honesty. And we, we know what happened to Bear Stearns. You can have words, but words aren't culture. Yeah. So we talk about living culture. And, and a I couple... Will... Go ahead, Keith. Uh, I was just going to... It would be quick because I'm not often quick. But um, Dr. Mike Gervais and his high-performance culture training yes. um, talks about the, the, the identity of, a, of, a, of an individual contributor or an employee. And for the longest time, it's I have my home life, I have my work life, and they're two different people. And the reality is, we are the same person, right? Yeah. And as a result, it, it's engaging the humanity of, of the workplace and allowing that engagement to bring in a, an inclusive culture that so many people are trying to deliver on these days. And I know we're... We've got a couple minutes left in, in terms of culture, like why people should care, why managers should care. And there's a lot of data on this and just some, some stuff I pulled from Forbes who got some data from Gallup. Um, highly engaged teams show 21% greater profitability. We're talking about engagement. Um, employees who feel their voice is heard are 4.6 times more likely to feel empowered to perform at their very, very best. We're talking about revenue. We're talking about numbers, business metrics. 96% of employees believe showing empathy is important to advancing employee retention. 
Um, and then disengaged employees uh, cost U.S. companies up to fifty or five hundred fifty billion dollars a year. So some big items here. Um, so I got two more questions, and we can end this thing. And we got four minutes. Let's set the timer. Um, one, can you leave something for the guests to uh, understand how to have a better conversation? Um, and then two, once we answer that, I have a question. I always ask my guests, you have unlimited resources, you have seven days, what would you do with it? Hmm. Um, Keith, go first. I talked first most of this. Yeah, um, that's fair. Um, to have better conversation, God, you know, we ask the same question to all of our guests, um, and it's the first time I've been asked. I think the, the, there are just so many things that you can do, um, but at the end of the day, Rodney's talked about it a little bit, what someone else thinks, says, acts, does, it's not about you most often, right? It's about whatever their lived experience is. In that lived experience, it doesn't mean that they're suddenly a bad person, a bigot, or hateful, or whatever it is. It just means that their lived experience is what it is. And there's opportunity in that conversation to learn more. Um, seek to learn more in conversations. Ask questions. We don't ask enough questions uh, generally. Um, one side asks questions, the other side answers. We see a lot of interviewing conversations. Um, so ask questions, bounce them off each other, and just learn more from each other. Because uh, I think that is a, a core to making conversation easier. Uh, yeah, so the start of this journey, you mentioned Dr. Mike Gervais, the start of this journey for me was then five, five, five and a half years ago when I meditated for the first time. I'm, I'm not saying you have to meditate, but I think there is a power in sitting with yourself. I, I don't care how you get that, like it's running, working out, like, but actually hearing yourself and seeing yourself, um, I think it just allows you to see who you are in a room or be open to hearing who you actually are uh, and how you're showing up. And then um, my thing is compassion, man. Like, and, and it's not this ethereal, un unattainable thing. It's just you're human. I'm human. Sometimes life is effed up. COVID-19 sucks for everybody for different reasons. It's not just that it's worse for me because I have two kids and you don't have any kids. Like, nah, like it's, it's hard on everybody for different reasons. And if I can just come to a place where it's just like, I see your humanity. I see your humanity. I see my humanity. Like, let's start there. That's 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 where where I think it starts at. Where... Now, on the other one, is it seven days to accomplish it or seven days to start it? You you got you got seven days, and like and then and then you you die. <laughs> You're you got seven days and there's nothing left. So you got unlimited resources. We've had guests talk say that they're going to clean their house. Uh, Matt, we've had guests say that they're going to march a bunch of lawyers into the CVS Capitol and demand that they shorten their receipts uh, in seven days. We've had, <laughs> whatever comes to mind, what would you do? I, I, I would, would I would build a sustainable um, education system for every child in this country that is completely self-sustained and not government de dependent that pays teachers enough money to deliver regardless of socioeconomic background. And then I'd die and it would live on forever. 
and while he's doing that, I would take this work that we're doing around conversation and, and get to know people and culture. And I would I would accelerate it, honestly. Like I would take it to the point where it doesn't need me. It's its own self-sustaining organism. And I would peace out. Yeah. And, yeah, seven and, days. So I would do you, I would do a Luke Skywalker and just dissipate into the ethos. And be like, y'all got this. Great Jedi. Gentlemen. This was, I know you guys have a, a hard stop. This was an amazing discussion. And just thank you for, thank you for making it two-sided. Thank you for asking me questions um, and being patient and helping me learn, inspiring me to, to, to aspire for greater. And I'm sure a lot of folks are, are looking at you gentlemen. So continue the work. What's the best way to get a hold of you gentlemen? Moreincommonpod.com. <laughs> What's your cell phone number? No. <laughs> okay, more in, more in commonpod.com. And I'll, I'll put... Moreincommonpod.com. That's the, that's the access okay. point for all things yeah. more in common. Go there. You can okay. get it all. And you can find us on LinkedIn for sure, more, since we're here, more in common. Not, okay. not the research institution. The, the one with the microphone on the logo. Derek, Derek, thank you. Thank you for the yeah, space. For Thank you for the opportunity. I actually look forward to doing more of this with you. You've been an inspiration. Uh, man, I want to I do more. So, yeah. Thank, Thank you. you. Keep doing what you're doing. Bye, Dylan. Keep, keep it up. Thank you. Keep moving. All right. I will. I will. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.